0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the sermon from the previous week, diving into theological discussions, and even having some fun. Make sure to join us every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and download the Zion Clear Lake app for more updates. And with that, we hope you enjoy the Breakthrough Breakdown. Sometimes i get nervous to hit the red button without you guys knowing. I
1: know. I know I just say record
0: consent to be recorded is a real thing. So
1: well, okay, so there's one of my favorite podcasts. They don't tell people when they're recording, they just record. And usually at some point the guy's like, it's the stars and people like that. And the guy goes, So when are we recording? They're like, No, we've been recording for like six minutes. (laughs) Oh, is this the podcast? Yeah, this is all we do is we talk. But almost every Cute time they intro. have somebody on, like, yeah, it's uh the nerdist. It was called the nerdist. Now it's ID10T, hmm. which is idiot. Oh, ID10T. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's I love that feel. So I don't want to
2: accidentally be on that podcast.
1: <laughs> well, no, they know they're on the podcast. Did
0: you accidentally be recorded in the no, ID 10 T podcast. Thank you. you. Know, and it's Thank so you. cool. Like one of the things that while, um, like sociologists and anthropologists are studying current generations or future generations, one thing that like Gen Z is, um, that does, that is not relevant to previous re- generations is that they have so much care and concern to before they post other like consent to post about you like they Mm -hmm. will take a picture of you and like turn it into a meme and roast you and be like hey can I post that (laughs) it's real like they really generally you know this is generalization but they are so concerned and they there is a traumatic like backlash that they feel from their parents posting about them as a child and like having there's actually quirk cases going on right now litigation going on right now of like 18 19 20 year olds suing their family for youtube videos facebook posts and instagram
1: that wow. is isn't that well, crazy but even even our consent culture which is not always bad like i've had i've had hugs from people i didn't want hugs from
0: absolutely like, you know but I, so, so it's
1: okay to, i it's okay to say hey can i hug you Absolutely. and for the person to say no i don't i'd rather not And that's okay
0: Absolutely.
1: but that's not how it used to be it used to be someone just came
0: i'm up, a like, hugger and it's like hugger. how does that give you free reign of my well, personal space that was
1: me <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm a hugger it's just who I am. so yeah. i'm not let's let's talk. Like, that wasn't a growth for me <laughs> i learned that everybody likes hugs right yeah, like so derek pretty. if you really want to make derek cringe hug him
0: my favorite is when Arya fairfax this adorable little oh, okay. three I Three-year-old, yes, uh, yeah, three-year-old, uh, like clung to his leg, and he was like, they're they're "There, there, patting her, they're head. there, there."
1: <laughs> like Sheldon, see him the big bang,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, Sheldon, definitely. And Sheldon if you really want
1: to make him feel creepy while you're hugging, rub his back.
0: Interdigitate when you shake his hand. Oh, My he God. loves that. And when you
1: hilarious. hold his hands in prayer. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like holding prayer no. hands in prayer, period. No. Hey, welcome to the breakthrough hey. breakdown.
2: <laughs> guess I'm Jennifer. I'm Jason. You got to go I last. To go
1: last. <laughs> I never get to go last. Oh, how was everybody's new year?
0: It was good. It was quiet. We did a board game night, and That's so I did make it past midnight, but it was rough.
1: <laughs> they need to come up with a different name than board game because it makes it sound like you were bored.
0: I know. We played
1: Exciting game. We
0: played exciting games with friends that were made out of cardboard. Yes.
1: What did you? What games did you play?
0: Um, what do you meme was one of That's them? That's a Funny one, yeah. Which it was fun. I had never played it before, and I, it was it was fun. It was silly. We also played um, taco cat goat cheese pizza. That a oh, game. I have not that heard of that. So fun. Taco
1: cat is a palindrome.
0: It's so yeah, yeah
2: it is. But what about the other ones? Is goat cheese?
0: It's nope. a card game, <laughs> and so <laughs> it, it's a it's a crazy card game. It's like slapjack, but like.
1: And you have to do hand motions and stuff. Oh, it's
0: so fun. It's very silly. Um, We played Coup, which is John's favorite game. Okay, so
1: my daughter got Coup. Her friends got Coup, asked my daughter to figure out how to play it, and I said, John knows how.
0: John loves it. John loves Coup so much that his very old, worn... Kudek. box, coup deck, and then they're all in sleeves, you guys. That's how nerdy my well, husband is. Well, first he
1: puts all card games in sleeves, oh. and I know this because we played Unstable Unicorns, yes. and they were all in like sleeves. Like, I know.
0: Sleeves? Yeah, like plastic, like, you know a pocket Shirt protector sleeves. for your, yeah. like, <laughs> pocket? They make those for cards. Okay. I love that. About I know.
1: That. I bought Munchkins, the D&D package of oh, Munchkins. Oh, that is
2: so fun. We
1: played that. That was, well, I played that with a couple friends.
2: My, um, we were with, um, both Mike's sisters and his parents and their families, and so I don't. We haven't done a New Year's Eve with all of them in a long time, so that was really fun. But my nephew got a game called Quix. Oh. oh, that is yeah. I've never uh-huh. played. I've seen it though. Was really fun.
1: Have you played um, Quilf? Quilf. 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 Yeah. Okay, is that the game where you have to do, like, there's a bunch of actions and stuff you have to do? Yeah, (laughs) it's
0: super silly. I've
1: never played it. I've only heard about it, and I've heard it's a very intense game of silliness.
0: It is very silly. It's super fun. 10 out of 10 recommend for family nights. Okay, I'll try it. Yeah, that is Also, there was a football game going on.
2: So the other half of our crew was watching a football, and I think it it literally, like, ended at midnight. Like, we missed the countdown. (laughs) And it was like... I don't even I don't even know I couldn't even tell you who was playing and I couldn't tell you the score but I know that it was close like one thing off and it was like they could have won but they didn't and what as it? my husband was like oh, we was were like happy new year yeah it was oh, ball game. Bowl game. Yeah.
0: we did the countdown twice because we weren't going to stay up till midnight and we're like oh but we'll the ball drops 11. in New York yeah. do it at 11 yeah. so we did it at 11 and we're like like the horns and everything cheering <laughs> and then we played one more board game before people left and then it was it like, mid- it was actually midnight. We're like, one exciting, let's do it again.
1: <laughs> you played one exciting cardboard game.
0: Yeah, it was Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza and nobody had played it before. And so they were like, oh, only a few people wanted to play. And we're like, it's a quick game, honestly. It could be fun. And we did several rounds and people kept like gathering in. And then J- John and Lee Nagel, um, one of my friends, was like commentating in the background. <laughs> like it was like the poker show, you know, it was ridiculous oh it was, that's so fun Kate, that's how i made Kate it to Hoppe
1: midnight with the goat yes
0: it was um, just like that we were just
2: in like florida that. so we had to actually celebrate it new york time oh. we, everyone was like oh we don't get to celebrate at 11 and go to bed early we have to wait up oh
1: yeah i there was a point in my life where i didn't care if i saw the ball drop i was just like i'll just wake up tomorrow the next year, I'll wake yeah, up next yeah. year and so we were in minnesota visiting our family that's our friend family up there so we did that and we were up till midnight and I was shocked because normally I'm the guy who falls asleep. We played a game that was, it was like most likely. And one of them was like most likely to fall asleep on the couch in a party. Oh, it was one. It was like the wedding game where it's you and your wife and you sit oh, back back in the shoes. Well. And kind of who's thing. the one that's most likely? That's and so both funny. of us raised arm for me. <laughs> I've fallen asleep so many times at parties and other things. So I'm just like, I don't have it.
0: <laughs> I mean, you gotta go, you gotta go. You am Conk out, man.
1: Well, it is. Uh, it's good to be back. We took not. A, we did a little hiatus because I we did. had the office closed for the week. Uh, we had a
0: special though that we released. I hope you enjoyed. We it. We did have
1: a special, and now we're back on. And the lovely Kate Hopple, her husband preached. He sure John did. Hopple, without an H. Without an H. Because yes. I misspelled his well, name. Well, John
0: Hopple is. has an H. It's just a yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he spells Hopple without an h. No. It's
1: apple. It's apple. <laughs> the h is silent. Yeah.
2: It's it's like apple. An ass- which an by the way h. it
0: is a german term for apple orchard like hopple? owners. Apple is? Hoppel is. Yeah, it's it's uh, like an, they, it's there. It's their job. Of, yeah. Um, you know, some some last some, names somewhere. have to do that. Yeah, from miller? Germany.
1: You know, miller, one who likes to mill. Mhm. <laughs> I yeah,
0: I mean that's what Apple is, is like—one who likes apples and all of them.
1: <laughs> one who mills about.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Uh,
1: I just—this uh, said is totally random. So, silent letters are like the assassins of the alphabet. That's funny.
0: I like it when people say like, "Oh yeah, I spell Mark." You know, it's like, "What's your name?" It's like Mark with a C, and I was like, "Cark." <laughs> that's like a bit I do, and people hate it, but I love Clark. it. <laughs>
1: My favorite is Amy's when you have one, because there's like nine different ways to spell Amy. Any- A-M-Y-A-M-I-E-E-A-M-M-I-E-A-M. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just, I'm like, can I just call you Ames? I don't, really yeah. don't know what to do right now. Yeah. I love it. So we are in our New Year's series on the solas, which the sola is Latin for alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go into the whole thing. But this week we talked about scripture alone and the importance of why the Bible is our ultimate authority. And we gave a little bit of a, a history lesson, which hopefully is fun on Sunday, because I try not to make it boring. Uh, I liked but it. one and that's the thing, is like the Bible is a book of stories. Yeah. And yes, there is poetry, uh, there's wisdom literature, there's proverbs, there's some law stuff, but most of the Bible is story. And I think part of the problem now for our culture is we've not read the Bible as a story, we read it as sound bites. Yeah. So, you know, John three sixteen for God so loved the world. But do you know the context in which Jesus is writing that in the story of Nicodemus and all the things that are taking place in there? Um, when you think of the Bible as a story, how does understanding the Bible as a story, how does it encourage you, frustrate you? What, what comes to mind when you think of the Bible as a story?
0: Mm.
2: Uh, one of the things that I feel like people say is like, this is a love letter written from God to you. And in some ways, that's true. But it is it is more the story of God and his people. And I just, I, I don't know. It allows me to connect with um, who God is in a way that I can understand. Yeah.
1: Well, because our lives are stories. Yeah. Uh, psychology talks about that we only understand ourselves through story. We have no awareness of self apart from our story. If we were just information, we wouldn't know what to do with it. It's those information put into story form. That's cool. How about you?
0: I remember as a child hearing like Bible stories, you know, often secondhand or if I had visited a church at all, um, and thinking of it as like the same context of like reading The Night Before Christmas or Peter Rabbit, where it's like, what a lovely story of made up things or, you know what I mean, (laughs) where it was just like, it was definitely in that fairy tale realm, Um, but like, I appreciated even then as a child of like, it's such a wrong way of viewing scripture, obviously, but I appreciated even then that you can still see, you know, like what's the moral at the end of the children's story? Like, what's the moral, Like, what is it trying to tell you? So I, I definitely have always been able to comprehend scripture from a way of like, but what does this trying to, to tell you? Like, what's the greater picture? What's the greater the theme, co- the theme? The context of like what is happening between the lines or underneath or even above and. Um, now as a Christian and, and okay, all scripture is God breathed or inspired word of God and it's useful for teaching. What does that mean then? How does that look in being able to see God's story of his people, of his love, of his influence in the world as through the eyes of the people that were influenced by him, you know, and being able to see, okay, how does that help me know God? How is that a living word then? Yeah. So,
1: well, and if we think about the Bible through the lens of stories, and again, I think part of even how we do church, or how we've done church in the modern era, stories are for children. And then once you get to, once you grow up, you don't you no longer have Bible stories. Now what you have are Bible verses. Mm-hmm. What's our and again we even use that language. What's our verse for the day uh-huh. instead of the story for the day? And I think what it creates in some people is well, to see the Bible as a story is a childish thing. It's an immature thing. When in reality, our verses, every verse we have is usually within the context of a story. Even the letters of Paul Mm -hmm. come with the story. And while we don't know the story that's going on, The letter was was written because there was a story taking place. Right,
0: and there wasn't always like verses and numbers and chapters and things like that. It's so so useful in our day, but I think it gets misused, you know, understanding that, you know, older texts were written in movements, that there's a greater context, that this was actually all together as one piece of Scripture, Mm -hmm. as one thought, as a continuing
1: thought. Thought for thought, yeah. Right. One, and, and this is the part for me where I once i understood and I, again i knew it from a intellectual standpoint that the bible was filled with stories and that the bible was god's story i've heard that his story history right
0: yeah. <laughs> oh yeah
1: but it wasn't until i understood why did god choose to communicate through story
0: sure
1: that all of a sudden i realized we also have a story ourselves
0: mm-hmm.
1: our, our church history has a story and that stories are important for our identity and
0: adults still love stories you just don't realize it like every movies every movie ne- yeah. all these books that's, they're could stories you just kind of imagine they're a rich. movie
1: that's just filled with information even if, like
0: you, facebook stories, stories. on yes. social media right. of like what are you doing through your day it's yes. literally called stories
1: so when you think of the bible as a story all of a sudden you realize well now you have to ask who's telling the story what's yeah. the point yeah. of the story
2: why are they telling the story
1: why are they telling mm-hmm. the story what was going on in the story yeah. And you know it's like okay, I'm a big Marvel fan. I've loved comic books since I was a kid, Um, and so when the movies came out, and they were actually good, because I remember watching Marvel movies back in the '80s, '70s, and '80s and '90s when they were horrible. And I remember when I first heard that Iron Man was coming out, and I was like, "Really, Iron Man?"
0: Yeah, because he wasn't. Nobody wanted Iron Man. Yeah, it's like
1: Iron Man. What a lame story to start with. Because they tried Hulk. Mm-hmm. And they went through, I, again, not theology, but ever, they tried different iterations of Hulk. Bruce Banner, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Bixby in the original, The Incredible Hulk, the TV series from my childhood, which was huge. But I remember going to see Iron Man and then walking out going, that was the most incredible thing I've ever yeah, seen.
0: They did it so well.
1: Because when a story is done well, it sets up everything else. And when a story is told po- poorly, you actually can take away. Now, here's our problem. When we read the Bible, especially in modern context... It's not engaging to us because we're not reading it in one, an ancient world that didn't have movies.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And so we, we have little to no imagination because everything does imagination for us.
0: I love that you're using that Marvel of Iron Man because here's even the greater context. Like the Iron Man story itself was so great. You fall in love with Tony Stark. You yeah. fall in love with this new MCU. What is that? They're building it up. They already had plans for all these other spinoffs, but then even let's look at the context of who, John, uh, I always say his name wrong, Favreau. 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 Thank you. And, and how he, as <laughs> one of the producers and creators and writers of this, but even just the resurrection of Robert Downey Jr.'s sure. career yeah. and everything. Which like, is its
1: own story.
0: Right. That goes into all of it, just like scripture. And
1: and this is the part where when I understood the importance of stories, I remember, okay, so I was in, uh, I was I think it was my third year. So I was doing my bachelor's program at Northwestern. And we were doing a biblical theology, Old Testament theology. And it was the first time that I understood the importance of the stories of the Old Testament. And I fell in love with the Old Testament, where before I was like, I don't read the Old Testament, unless it's Psalms or the story of David or the familiars. But even like the book of Leviticus, okay, we read Leviticus and we're like, oh, that's horrible. It's just a whole bunch of purity laws. Like, that's so boring. Until you discover the story. And this is the hard work when reading scripture is sometimes the story is not obvious. Like the book of Numbers, people are like, oh, you want to fall asleep, read the book of Numbers until you understand what's going on. It's a newly formed nation and God's working it. But here's the point. This week we're talking about sola scriptura and that it's our authority comes from scripture alone. It doesn't come from a pastor or a denomination or a pope. It doesn't come from your opinions. Um, It comes from God's word. But God's word is not always easily understood. And I think part of that is, is because we have not taught people how to read stories well. Uh, there's a book that um, I was encouraged to read and never did. It's called How to Read a Book, and it's actually they they recommend oh, it. How ironic! Yeah, they actually yeah, it's very ironic. But they actually recommend it for college all classes. Is,
2: all of that is ironic, isn't it?
1: But they this recommend I was
2: encouraged to read it. I didn't read, read it. I know. Well, because I'm like oh, well, I fine. feel like
1: I can read pretty well. But the whole premise of the book was that we don't know how to read stories well. And even in the Bible, because usually when we read this, the Bible, what we get into the habit of is I just need to get through the text mm-hmm. so I can check it off mm-hmm. my list. I read my Bible for today. Yeah. But in the ancient world, and I remember my pastor uh, when I was like 20, 22, a guy named Ev Lundgren. He gave me the best mental picture of what Genesis was like. Because we were having conversations about you know literal six-day creation does it have to be literal six days? Could be there are other things. What about evolution? And and this is the picture i painted for me. And all of a sudden, it brought the story to life. He said, Jason, I want you to picture Moses crossing through the desert with all these Israelites, who don't know where they have come from. They know that they're uh, they're different than the than the Egyptians. They're Hebrews, but they don't know. They know very little about their history. And God reveals to him creation. And imagine sitting around a fire in the middle of the desert. And they don't have movies. They don't have books. Most people can't read, much less write. And he tells the story in the beginning. Yeah. And he said, I want you to imagine everybody locked in, including. The
2: emotion stirred with that. And
1: if you go to Native American cultures, that's how their history is told through storytelling around fires and drum beats. and, And so now when we say solo scriptura, scripture alone, it's not enough just to say the Bible alone. Because what does that mean? Because when we read the Bible, and I think this is where for years I got stuck and I know so many others, if you read the Bible from the basic instructions before leaving earth mentality, that's Bible and acrostic, or that it's God's manual or God's love letter. This Mm -hmm. book is all about me. How does David Mm -hmm. raping Mm -hmm. Bathsheba have anything to do with me? Well, if you get rid of that and ask the bigger question is, what's the story? Now, all of a sudden, you're beginning to ask deeper questions. Okay, so... When we th- when we think about stories and this idea of Scripture alone, how does Scripture help us navigate life when the story seems so far from ours? Because we're not roaming Israelites, roaming <laughs> through the desert trying to find the promised land. We're not yeah. a first century church that's dealing with a scandal where half of our family hates us because we love this Jesus guy. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I well,
2: I, I do think the story of God is helpful because God's unchanging. That's part of his nature. Yeah. So we can look through history and and actually actually looking through history, looking through those stories, builds and affirms that God has an, a stable, unchanging nature about him and a faithfulness to him. But I also think for me, it, it does encourage me the stories of humanity, like even though the situations and circumstances surrounding humanity are so different human hearts yes. really are not different.
0: I love the yes. way that Derek said it in, to yes, and to build on top of that, Derek said it in the sermon good improv, read-through. Good improv. Thanks. <laughs> yes, and. Uh, in sermon read-through, he had said, scripture gives us a lens through which we view the world around us, and it should change the way right. we interact yeah. with our world. No, scripture does not have anything to do with social media. It was not even... A a, a thought of a thought of a thought back then.
1: Yeah, because there was no electronics. Right, electricity was was a thing. Literally,
0: yeah, it's just so crazy. So such a crazy thought, but how you interact with social media should be influenced by your understanding and uh, and uh, interaction with scripture.
1: Okay, so interesting. Okay, so this is this is great. We look at the Apostle Paul, right, and. you had Romans, you had Roman intellectualism, Stoicism were very popular at the time of Paul. In fact, I think there's some evidence that Paul was influenced by the Stoics. Hmm. They would have debates, philosophical debates, religious debates regularly about different gods and philosoph- philosophical, but, but words philosophical. Have them, philosophical arguments around Aristotle and Plato and Socrates. These were kind of the big names, right? And so what does Paul do? Paul goes up on what's called Mars Hill. And Mars Hill has all these gods. Now, what some people may not know is that most of the ancient statues, they were very pornographic by our standards. Like the gods of the ancient world were very sexual. So sex was probably prominent. They found things, you know, on the island, of, you know, Pompeii where the volcano, they've done some archeological digging that found all kinds of pornographic motifs all over, like all over the city, very graphic pornography. Paul, who is a Christian, who talks about purity, who talks about being set apart from the world, goes in the middle of the world, in the middle of what would have been social media back then, which is all the different gods and the arguments. And instead of criticizing, instead of pointing fingers at everybody, I can't believe you believe in that. You're an idiot. Why are you doing that? The way he engages in debate with them, and this is the beauty of the story, Acts 17, he sees an altar that says to the unknown God. And he sits down in the form, which is what they would have done in that area, and all these philosophers, and he says, hey, you see this altar to the unknown God? And the reason why they did that is they were so afraid that they offended a God that a, a plight would come or something damaging or a blight, not a plight, a blight would come. So they even offered a, a, an altar to the unknown God just so we don't offend any gods because they had oh, gods of water. Don't any out. That's right. And, and there were gods for everything, right? Mm-hmm. He says, you know who this unknown God is? I do. And he then proclaims Jesus. And then he quotes from their own poets. He says, your own poets have said we are his offspring. In him, we have our live and move and have our being. And what I love about this, because this goes back to what you were talking about with social media, you're right. The Bible does not say thou shalt not be on social media or thou shalt speak kindly. Mm-hmm. But think about social media is a new form in which gods are revealed. And we find people's gods are entertainment, mm-hmm. sex, food. And Paul's reaction to them, instead of criticizing... Was curiosity. Hey, you! I see what you're looking for. I think I know who that God is. Do you want to know? And he shared the gospel. That's a story, and that story has the ability to influence us. But again, if you don't know the story, if you don't take time to read it or to think or to wrestle with it, now all of a sudden it's just it's just a story. Right. And I think uh, I, I was reading recently that they were saying that like the average span of attention for most people. It's really short. I don't remember these. And
2: it's shortening. It's, it's shortening. it's shortening. It's shortening. Well. And
1: this is how I discovered it in me. I used to love reading Yahoo News. Actually, it was MSNBC News back oh in the day. Oh my
0: goodness! I it.
1: And I would, I love scrolling through, and I'd see an article and I'd read the whole thing. Now, if in the first sentence I'm not engaged, I click and move on. And I, it got me thinking. I wonder how many people who read the Bible, if they're not engaged in the first sentence, just click and move on. Yeah. And, and part of it is because that's our culture. So how does the Bible speak to that?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, we had kind of mentioned this in a previous podcast of when we were talking about how we read the Bible and how we spend time. And it's like, don't feel like you the goal is to read the entire Bible. But why do we do that? And I had mentioned that I enjoy doing that almost as regular as you can. I mean, obviously, it's about 66 books. It takes a long time. But so that you can continue to have that holistic view of the <clears throat> overarching, you forget this that is. something that's mentioned. Like why, why do you glaze over the genealogy of Jesus? Why does it not matter? Because you recognize those names. Yeah. That you why can is see Rahab. That you can mm-hmm. see Rahab, that you can understand Boaz and Ruth and why why does Esther matter? It doesn't even say the name God in, in the whole Megillah, right? Why do we do that? What's that overarching holistic view of scripture? And I think That's part of it. Our attention span takes snippets and they can mean something, but without the greater whole, that completeness, that maturity, Oops, my bad. I can hear it echo on
1: there. <laughs> I bumped a thing. I bumped a thing.
0: But that's that completeness, that wholeness that you're talking yeah. about in your message of like, it doesn't mean that we are finished. You know, we know that from John's message, that author, perfecter, finisher of our faith, that he continues that good work in us. It doesn't mean complete. It means mature, a greater yeah. understanding.
1: He lost. Yeah. Well, and, and then we think about it another way, which is, okay, so Mark Zuckerberg, he renamed Facebook to Meta. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Meta means overarching big picture. And that's actually a theological term. It's actually not just theology. It's used in other areas. But we talk about the Mm meta-narrative of Scripture. Mm -hmm. What's the big picture? And this is the part where I think sometimes if we can see the longing of culture and go, wait, Scripture already speaks to this. You're just looking in the wrong location. I mean,
0: that's why we did Rock of Ages.
1: That's right. Mm -hmm. It's exactly why we did it, right? And I think about why did he name it meta? Well, he's talking about virtual reality because he thinks we're going to find a world within a world. And if this world that he's trying to envision, VR, is going to be bigger and more expansive and more accessible than any other world we've had so far. And yet, I'm like, but you realize it's a false world. There's mm-hmm. no actual touch. It's,
2: it's a yeah. yeah.
1: There's no actual like. Yes, you can have relationships. We've already proven you can have relationships over digital. I know so many people who got married because they met each other in eHarmony first. So that's a possibility. But does it really? Does does being in the metaverse as he looks at it is that the goal right and when we look at the bible the bible is not meant to be an escapism in fact with the bible cuz that's what that's what the metaverse is it's an escape from reality right that's the promise of it is yeah. your life can suck out here out in the but world in but here. you can go in here mm-hmm. yeah ready player one yeah was a perfect example of that and yet the bible does the opposite the bible says i want you to see the meta narrative god because you need to be in the world yeah and and this is where, okay, so we talked about Luther. Luther's challenge to the Pope and, and what started this whole Reformation, which if you listened on Sunday, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But the Reformation started because Luther had a curiosity around Scripture. He didn't just believe things because they were supposed to believe them or because the Pope said them. He wanted to read God's Word, and he read God's Word through the lens of curiosity, right. not through the lens of answers.
0: Right. You can appreciate what your pastor says or what the Pope says, and you can and use that to help you deepen your understanding. But Luther had a curiosity, what What does God say?
1: And and then, our, who cares what Jason has to say? Right. If it, and this is the Bereans in Acts. Paul says, be like the Bereans who test and approve everything. And there is a curiosity that I think we lack in the church now.
0: Yeah, as disciples
1: in general. And and this goes back to my meta. I promise I'm, I'm bringing it all around. I think part of the reason why is what we've taught us is an escapist view of Christianity. Mm. Where we think that the goal of Christianity is to escape to the get, world. To get out of here, to get to heaven. Yeah, to get out of here, to get to heaven, to get into my community. Mm-hmm. When the meta-narrative of scripture is, no, we're supposed to meet the world. And that's what Luther's biggest issue was. With the Catholic churches, they were causing pain in the world. Instead of loving the world and being Jesus to the world, they were trying to raise money so they could build buildings. And I let's be honest, that's still an issue in churches today. <laughs> I think about our own capital campaign. Right. Oh, my goodness. Like, like, I'm
0: so glad you said that. I mean, I, I
1: do. And, but here's the thing. We're so trying to right. honor the past so that we can continue in worship, but we're not looking to expand and build just to build.
0: And, and so, there's nothing wrong with expansion either. That's no. not... Let's zoom out a little bit. What's the greater thing, you know, and zoom in. What's the intent? It's
1: what you're, why you're building it. Yes. So I've heard, I've had criticisms. It's what you
0: believe, not who you believe.
1: That's right. And and here's the thing that for me is interesting, because I think we could get lost in the weeds and say, yeah, the Catholic church, they wanted to build a basilica. That's evil. Yeah. No, what was wrong is that instead of waiting to save the funds, they manipul- manipulated people spiritually yes. to raise the funds. Yes. That's spiritual abuse, mm-hmm. right? And yes. that's that's what, Luther's like, no, 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 wait a second. You don't get to sell forgiveness in order to raise money. Yeah. And...
0: And he never wanted to separate from the church. he no. talked about that in yeah. the read-through. He wanted to be a part of the church. He wanted to edify and build up the Catholic Church and bring it back to God, to reform back to God.
1: That's where the the reform was supposed to be. That the Catholic Church would reform, reform. Yes. not that a new right. movement not, would not, begin. Not he not like
0: didn't give up on the yeah. He didn't give up on the Catholic Church. He the church Catholic. gave up on him. That's right. Yeah. And
1: and so now let's look at it from our perspective. Okay, so I've I have friends who are very critical of megachurches. And there are some mega churches that are doing some phenomenal stuff. And I guarantee you, there's some mega churches that are doing not so phenomenal stuff. But guess what? There are small churches that are doing phenomenal stuff. Uh-huh. And there are small churches that, that are, are doing not, not so phenomenal stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You cannot simply say because something is big, it's bad, mm-hmm. or because it's small, it's good. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll take um, a church that I, I love up in Minnesota Hosanna, um, River Valley, Eagle Brook. These are all huge mega churches. I mean, like, I think. I think River Valley's like at 20,000 people now, Something stupid like that. And I don't mean stupid like they're stupid. I know. It's just like an, inco- I can't fathom. It's, it's
0: total, it's, it's a turn of phrase, like you're, you're slang from your age. Yes, I really. I'm sorry, <laughs> that's why I can't uh, I'm sorry.
1: You, man, you are just crushing on my age today.
0: uh You are young in spirit, my friend. So
1: no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm right at my age for my I don't age.
2: care that I'm not hip. I just want to be
1: relevant. Yeah, no kidding. It's so funny. this was the this was the complaint I heard. Oh, these mega churches, you know, they they spend so much money on video screens, on lights and bigger buildings. And that's just a waste of money. And then I asked I asked my friend this question. I said, How much money do you think they gave to missions last that's year? That's right. Why does that matter? No, how much money do you think? Well, I I mean compared to their budget, probably nothing. No, how much money do you think they gave to missions? I don't know. At that point, River Valley had given over a million dollars to oversee missions. And I said, now the reason why they do that is, yeah, I'm not saying that we have to have the bigger lights or the bigger show or the bigger building, but they're understanding their audience and that's bringing people in and they're using that money to do bigger things. You may get rid of those things, but your 25-member church, how many, how much money are you able to give to missions? Well, in, in comparison, I'm like, no, no, that's see, what we're missing is the heart. And now, if that's all you're trying to do, like right now, the big thing in the media was Christmas Eve is that big Baptist church, I think, in Texas. Yes,
0: I was just going to talk about that. The drum cage, that was... It was the... It was the drummer boy and they were flying from suspended from the ceiling with these drummers for Christmas and a
1: drum cage. That and it, it was
0: crazy. And, and there was so much criticism, criticism outside of the church for this of like, wow, that's what the church does. And the it outside wasn't the church was outside. OK, yep. in some inside, too. But it was mainly outside the church. And, and there was a lot of criticism about like. But when they broke it down, it wasn't a church service. It was not for their Christmas Eve service. Uh-huh. It was a, a separate event that they were throwing for their community that brought in tickets? over 80,000 people uh-huh. total to do this. And then there was there was a really great content creator because I, I followed some of this because I was like, man, this is kind of crazy. And there was a great content creator that put out all the information of how this church used that it's self funded. It was self-funded, so it just kept, you know, as long as money comes in and we pay for it out of what we raised from it. And it was, like, all that they had done for the community, all that they had yeah. done for their schools, all that they had done for, um, like, the people in their area, what they had done for the local church, what they had done for the nation church, what they had done for like, just like we were talking about there. It's like, can you say the same? You who critique them, can you say the same?
1: And now this goes back. Now, again, this we're not just talking to talk. This yeah. is what Luther's complaint was. Yeah. Luther didn't actually complain about a building. No. His complaint was never, why are you building St. Peter's Basilica? There were all kinds of other monuments that were built. His issue was how wow. they were doing mm-hmm. it and the harm it was causing. And he's like, no, let's go to scripture. Our primary job is not to build building. It's to love and shepherd people.
2: Well, and you mentioned too in Read Through that the whole point where he uh, took um, Solus Scriptura, where he was building the foundation that scripture is is the, um, it's scripture alone. Not scripture not, only. Not scripture only, but scripture yep. alone. That is the authority in our life because that then also connects to, you know, so as Christ you know, Christos or Christus? I mean, Christus Jesus, I mean Jesus in Jesus alone. Right. Yeah. And, you know, other yeah. things from there. Fides, that he had he had Solus to Papi, he yeah. had to articulate that, no, this is the when it comes to what we believe and how we shape our world, this is where we come back to. That it's not a man, it's not not a man Jesus. But it's not a different man, it's
0: not the church leader. What are you thinking? I'm trying to remember all five. Of I don't yeah. know them all. Grace so, alone, faith alone, Christ alone.
1: For God's glory alone.
0: God's glory Ooh, that's so a good one. Yeah. Is. Yes. yes. Anyway, Thank but you. I think that's really an important piece is that you you have to start here in order to be
2: able to build some other pretty, you know, theologically significant yes. things that come from that.
1: And and the Bible promotes us not to critique not to criticize but to critique. There are two different things. Criticizing is you're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Critiquing is is that how we should be doing it?
0: And that's that idea we talked about in read-through of like this wrestling. Yeah. Yes. Like wrestle with your church, wrestle with your pastors, wrestle with scripture, wrestle yeah. with God. That That's that's a spiritual discipline. And that's discipline. what scripture
1: alone means. Yeah. It does not mean that scripture tells us everything to do. Sometimes scripture is messy. One of the things that I used to get, I, and I remember when I was younger, I was told, the Bible does not contradict itself because if it did, it would not be the inerrant perfect word of God. And if it feels like it, the issue is you, not the text. Mm. And then you read the Bible and you're like, well, there are some contradictory things here. And this I know
0: words real good, but that seems like that doesn't make sense. Well, and, and
1: part of it is, okay, so then you have, yes, maybe the words don't contradict, but the heart does. For instance, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son, yet the God of the Old Testament is destroying the Amalekites to take over a country. Now, we have to wrestle and immediately theologians, well, they had to do it because if they didn't, then Jesus couldn't be born. doesn't actually tell us that. It never tells us the part that they were in the land. We have to wrestle with that.
2: yeah,
1: yeah, um or how do we how do we reconcile that the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament are the same God yet they look so dramatically different in how they approach the world?
0: right. I mean, you even yourself have done a teaching on why the story of Abraham and Isaac uh, of like the sacrifice, yep. why God was a different God, He would never sacrifice his son. God to love the world, He gave mm-hmm. His only begotten Son. Yes,
1: and and this is all story, right? And and now when we read that, and, and this is the part of wrestling. Wrestling is not the same as not believing or saying mm-hmm. it's not true. Oh
0: yeah.
1: I think the beauty, and this is the Jews. You talked about this, and uh, they have a um a whole practice where the goal of it is to wrestle with the text.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's a beautiful practice where instead of just saying, "Well, the Bible says that," I believe that mm-hmm. that settles mm-hmm. it. It's you no. Know, what does the text actually mean? Because the words of the Bible do not necessarily help us understand the intent of the Bible, and we we all know this. I mean, how many times have you ever sent a text message and the other person responds? You're like, "Why are you so Why? upset? Yeah. Well, did you yeah. not read your tone?
0: There's like a I funny. I can't read my
1: tone. What are you talking
0: about? Yeah, I think there's like a funny Keen peel skit where they go back and forth of like, <laughs> it's oh, just ridiculous. Yeah. Well,
1: and <laughs> I mean, let's think about it again what was Luther really pushing into. Luther, some people have this dramatic picture of like, I stand against the Catholic Church, and he's nailing the 95 thesis on the door as kind of a call out to the Pope. And no, the Wittenberg door was like, and we joked about this, it was back in the old days, the AOL chat room, where you had a headline that said, let's talk about this. And then you debate, not. Twitter, where you throw out a yeah. random comment. Exp- 40 char-
2: 120 characters or whatever it is. And yeah. then you get 120 characters to say, why wow, you disagree with it. And not
1: yeah. even disagree, usually you say something inflammatory sure. because you're yeah. trying sure. to spark outrage. Right. Luther wasn't trying to spark outrage. He was trying to move into biblical political discourse.
0: Yeah,
1: And he used the only method or the best method available at that time, which was, here's the question I have, let's wrestle through this. And we don't do that in, in church anymore. And part of it, again, goes back to is we've not taught people to read the Bible as a story, but as Twitter feed.
0: And I think we also have the same problem that Luther had where I think that sometimes, unfortunately, because church is Mm -hmm. a human structure and pastors and church leaders are humans, sometimes it's not a culture where you can question it.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the sign of a healthy church culture is and I joke about this with my staff and I've joked about it with the executive team. I'm 98% sure of nothing. (laughs) I'm 2% sure of something. Right. And and because at the end of the day, I have limitations. Uh There are things that I don't see. I don't understand. And so when I make decisions, I hold my decisions very loosely. Now not everybody does that. And that doesn't mean that I'm a stronger or a better person that just speaks to my personality more than it does a character trait. Well, and it trait. develops
0: a, a culture where you can say, hey, are you sure about this? Can we question it? Can we look at this? And, and it's never a, no, I'm positive. It's a, sure, let's look
1: at it. And sometimes, I'll actually pretty regularly, I change my mind because most of the time, I this goes about 98% of my ideas are garbage well, I, and 2% are really good.
0: <laughs> I parent like that. If my son, Gabe, he wants to come to me, he's got an issue with the way we do something. He Right now, the current debate is he wants a TV in his room. Okay, well tell me why it's a good because I can tell you a hundred reasons why it's bad. <laughs> if you can if you can intelligently and kindly have a conversation with me, I'm willing to look at it. Okay, why do you get a TV because you argued you argued your point. you defended yourself of like why you think that's a good thing. Yeah. He still does not have a TV. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, so um, over this series, next week we're looking at Sola Christus, which is through Christ alone. And then we're going to look at sola gratia, sola fide, through faith, alone, through grace alone. Sola fide is grace, or faith, sola gratia is grace. And then sola de, sola de gloria, which is for God's glory, alone or to God's glory. alone. These are the pillars of our Protestant faith. Our Catholic brothers and sisters don't hold to these pillars. But for us as Protestants, as part of the Reformation, the creed is our foundation. The solas are, are, are the pillars that hold us up. And they remind us, at least they remind me. When I have those moments, when I doubt who I am, I go to God's word because God's word is actually held, holds authority over my, even my heart. Yeah. So when I say I'm not loved, God's word says otherwise. Mm-hmm. My emotions are not the authority. God's word is my authority. That's right. And those times when I doubt, is Jesus real? I've chosen to submit to God's word and God's word affirms to me that Jesus is real. And so I don't go with my intellectual doubt because now that means my intellect is greater than God's word. Now it's a choice. And that is a choice that I believe is that, that might be, the, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in me. But I think where a lot of people wrestle is you have some people who think that their intelligence is better than God's word or their intellectual argument. And this is why the Sola Scriptura is, you know at the end of the day, whether it be a psychology book. Uh, scientific.
2: A scientific
1: book, biology. Mm-hmm. But this is where thought matters, yeah. because the Bible does not tell us how God created, but why God created. Yeah. So now, when I look at science, I'm not, I'm not nailed into the fact that it has to be a literal six days, because that's what word for word what it says. That's not the point of the the text. That's not the point of Genesis one through two. That's
2: not the point of the story. It's
1: not the point of the story. And let's not get caught up in the details. Sometimes facts get in the way of the truth, and that's the problem. It's the facts fact. You punch somebody in the face. That's a fact. The truth is you were defending your wife or your husband or your child. The truth and the facts don't always align. The facts are just information. The truth is the story behind it. And that's part of the problem is I don't know that we've taught people how to read the Bible instead of a factual book as a truth book because it does. It speaks truth into our humanity to understanding why is our world so broken? Why do we have Moments where it feels like everything is falling apart. Why do we see moments of hope, where there's the longing in in every culture for something to be after this? Because the Bible speaks and tells us the truth of that is that we have something created in us. Well, um, we have. We're going to end this conversation. We have a little bit of sad news, which by now most people are already aware of. Um, Kate Hoppel, our children's director, has put in her resignation. Um, we love you, Kate. Love you too. My hope is that this won't be your last time on the podcast. I think I'd still love to have you back if you're able to able to get off of.
0: I, I think I made the joke when you were we were announcing it to stop that I was resigning um, that, you yep. know, it was, you'd have to ask my new boss about it. He might not be as nice as you.
1: <laughs> um, and I just want to say, Kate, I love you. I'm so grateful it. for the work that you've done at Zion. You're continuing to stay at Zion?
0: Yes, I, loved, I love Zion. It's my church. You know, I was a church member first, staff member second. And so it's just a changing of the seasons.
1: Yeah. And, and also, I want everybody else to hear this, is I still see a calling in Kate's life for ministry. And I believe that God's not done with that season of her. We all have those moments. Um, I think it's important. And again, for all eight listeners of you, every week it changes. Sometimes it's 14, sometimes it's one day. All
0: 753
1: of you out there. All 4,923.2. Babies and (laughs) wolves. They're listening. Um, I think it's important for people to realize that not only are you leaving on good terms, but this is a season that you feel like God has called you into right now.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, I just, again, want to thank you and we're going to miss you here. I really do hope that you'll be able to come back because I love yeah. having you on the podcast. Jennifer and I are actually going to be talking about future plans and what's the best way to do this. And
2: I mostly, most podcasts, I just stay here. So yeah, it's going to be a lot quieter. That's not that true. You have
1: comments. That's Derek. Yeah. And usually I'll ask a question and Derek goes, I'm not answering that. I think one. I'm the, record, say something different.
0: the record is 19 minutes for Megan Dennis. So <laughs> went silent.
1: <laughs> Actually, I think you're right. Yeah, I am. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Dave <laughs> <those> knows the facts. <laughs> what's um, the truth, though? <laughs> so, what's the story behind it?
1: Right. This podcast, uh, a large part of it has been your presence on mm. here. Yeah. Absolutely. It will be missed.
0: Oh, thanks, and, guys. Uh, you're still going to be
1: in the church. And-, and you
0: know what? You guys, I love Bob Koff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is the Breakthrough Breakdown. Have a great day. <laughs> Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Breakdown, a Zion podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and check out the Zion Clear Like app. Share this podcast with your friends so they can tune in as well. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of the Breakthrough Breakdown.